God is promising here. I'm going to give you an abundance. I'm going to give you more than enough. That's God's plan. That's the Father's plan for you. That's the Father's plan for you. I'm going to give you so much that you will never need to borrow. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Kingdom Rock Radio. You are moments away from receiving God's rich word. But first, remember that you can subscribe to our Roku channel as well as our podcast. And don't forget, for more information, you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's word. Well, welcome, everybody. Welcome home, family. Welcome home. I've been waiting all week to get back here with you in the church house. And I want to welcome also our online community. Online community, we say hello to you. Hello, online community. Wherever you are all around the world, we just celebrate you and we thank you for joining us today. This is a word for you. And uh, always you can contact us on our website by going to www.kingdomrock.org. There you can find this message and so much more. So contact us today. All right. All right, everybody, we're going into a part number three of the series entitled, what? Good, which means what? Get out of debt. This is the good series, getting out of debt. We're getting out of debt. And uh, today, Lord be willing, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to continue talking about giving and loaning, giving and loaning. You're giving and money, giving and loaning. Now, before we even get into it, I need you to know beyond a shadow of a doubt, that there's one requisite, one thing that has to be in place before you can give and loan, before you can give and loan. What is that? You're going to have to have it. You're going to have to have it. So again, you are God's wealthy place. Say that with me. I am God's wealthy place. You are. Okay, let's let that sink into our minds. You are meant to be wealthy. Now, that does not mean in every case that you're meant to be a trillionaire, billionaire, or even millionaire. But what that does mean is that you are meant to have far more than enough so that you can share with others. Okay? You're not meant to live paycheck by paycheck by paycheck by paycheck. You're meant to have an abundance and overflow more than enough. Amen? Now, you need to press that in prayer and continue to press that in prayer until that comes to pass in your very own lives. Hallelujah. You are God's wealthy place. You are God's wealthy place. I'm telling you, it's you. You are God's wealthy place. So before we can give and loan, we're going to have to have it. Now, there are five things, again, we talked about. We'll go over them just briefly. Five things that we said that, uh, that we're going to have during this series or things that we're going to accomplish during this series, or things that are going to manifest. Some things we'll talk about and some things that you will just see as you go about. Number one, we're going to uh, pay off debt, or that is to say, eliminate debt. We thank God for Brother James this morning with his testimony. He paid off his car. Let's clap again for that. Hallelujah. <laughs> debt eliminated. Praise God. And uh, we want to have these testimonies with you. So when you pay off a debt, let us know so that we can celebrate with you. Amen? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. All right. Number two, we're going to discover and eliminate wasteful spending. 
Somewhere in your life, you are paying too much. Or somewhere in your life, you're paying for something that you really shouldn't be. You don't need it. So we're going to eliminate those. And let God show you, because there are often some subscriptions, things you've subscribed to, or maybe even magazines or, or websites or something that you subscribed to in the past, and they're still coming out. Well, let the Lord show you where those are and chop those things off. Hallelujah. Cancel that. Cancel that stuff. Don't need it. Don't need it. Don't need it. All right. So we're going to eliminate that stuff. Uh, thirdly, we're going to uh, give generously, breaking the cycle of poverty. You're going to give generously. The more you receive, you'll understand, hey, now I can give more. I can give more. That's wonderful. And four, uh, we're going to generate wealth through uh, opportunities, receiving money, sales, etc. I'm fully expecting people uh, to give you money. I'm fully expecting checks in the mail, rebates, refunds, free things, discounts, giveaways, winnings of contests. I'm fully expecting you to be a money magnet. Say with me, I am a money magnet. All right? And we know that God's not loading you up in order for you to build your kingdom, but he's loading us up so that we may uh, manifest his kingdom in the earth. And it's going to take money to do that. A lot of prayer, yes. Yes, a lot of prayer and a lot of evangelism, but it's also going to take some money as well. Amen? Amen. All right. And four, uh, we're going to store up wealth for future generations, uh, or rather store up wealth for future opportunities and uh, future generations. So you're going to have to have it in order to invest it. One thing that I appreciate Pastor Nelson for, he said this scripture a number of times, and we may get this in this series, uh, how Isaac sold in the land one year, and that same year he reaped a hundredfold. He sold in the land and reaped it. Well, that, in order for you to sow it, you're going to have to, first of all, have it to sow. You have to, you got to first of all, have it. You can't sow air. You're going to have to have it in order to sow it. Amen? Amen. All right. So let's look at this as we go on today. Uh, how is wealth measured? Now, I need you to know this too. How is wealth measured? How is wealth measured? Wealth is not measured by how much you earn, but it's measured by how much you're able to give. It's not measured by how much you earn, but by how much you give or how much you can give. And you say, well, I've known people that say, well, I make $10,000 a week. I made $1,000 a week. How much are you able to give? Well, I got to pay this person. I got to pay that person. I got to do this. I got to do that. You don't have anything. It's not measured by, wealth is not measured by how much you earn, but by how much you give. And really, uh, for that matter as well, how much you can give and save. How much you can give and save. If you say, well, I, I make this money, but you can't show it. There's, there's nothing to show for, for it. That says poverty to me. Even though you make a lot of money, you can still be broke. I've known people to live in some big, beautiful houses, like many mansions, but cannot afford, I mean, to pay their, their light bill. You can be, you can have a lot of money, but still be broke, or make a lot of money, but still be broke. Still be living by paycheck to paycheck. Unfortunately, we've seen some of the football stars you know, once their career is over, 
football or baseball, whoever, sporting stars, or even some entertainers, once their career is over, they're broke because they're still living from paycheck to paycheck. Even though they make millions, but they, they're not making wise investments, they're squandering the monies, and when, it, when there's no more check, they are broke. And now they're selling off their rings and memorabilia to try to get money back in to pay taxes and all this other stuff. Not wise. Are you understanding? All right, so here's a, here's a financial checkup. <clears throat> you can write this question down or think about it. You don't have to say the answer out loud. Please don't, as a matter of fact. How long can you survive financially, financially, without a paycheck? Without a paycheck. How long can you survive financially without a paycheck? Well, God's going to take care of me. Sure he is. Sure he is. So I can survive. Yes, yes, I understand that. I understand that. Yes, absolutely. But how long can you survive financially without a paycheck? You say, well, I don't know. Maybe a few days, a week or so before everything starts crashing in on you. That's what I'm saying. Before everything starts crashing in on you. We need to make it to the point, make it to the point where you are, where you can say six months. You can say a year. You can say Two years. Why? Because I've gotten things in order. The Lord has taught me how to deal with wealth. He's taught me how to deal with money. And I'm good. I'm not, I don't have to struggle and scrape. I'm good. Are you hearing? Because when you get to that point, before that point, if we say, well, I, don't, I, I mean, I'd be, I'd be destroyed after I'd be financially bankrupt within a week or within a month or so. So what that means is that you're making money or that you're going after money to support your lifestyle instead of money working for you. And money works for you. You don't have to struggle like that. Are you hearing? All right. So let's make these goals. All right. Hey, we have a goal. We have a goal. We have a goal. And uh, so we're not going to live paycheck to paycheck. That's bad. Are you hearing me? That may be where we are now, but that's not where we stay. Amen? We have to plan. We have to pray. Now, let me give you a rule here. Every time you, get, every time you earn money, let's go into the Scripture. Uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 10. <clears throat> 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. Are you guys ready now? And he's up from the chair. 2 Corinthians 9, verse 10. One verse. Eventually, I would love to get into the entire 2 Corinthians chapter, Tasha. Ooh, I would love it. It makes me want to dance and flip and stuff. But today we're going to do this one verse. Listen, it says, 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 10 says this. Now he that ministereth seed to the sower, both minister bread for your food and multiply your seed sown and increase the fruits of your righteousness. Notice he says here, the same person that gives you seed to sow, he gives you bread to eat or bread for food. You get seed to sow and bread for food. Seed, think about in terms of farming, a farmer, okay? Farmer, think about a farm. Seed to sow, seed is potential future wealth. It is investments. You don't see that the next day normally. 
You have to wait to planting season. You keep your seed to the time, to the proper time of investment. You sow your seed in that planting season for the time of the investment. And then you have to water it and you have to wait. Make sense? Some money you earn, let's say, you, let's say we get $1,000 in. No, 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 because I'm talking to wealthy people. Let's say you get hundred grand in, $100,000 in. Begin to think bigger. And someone writes you a check for hundred grand. Amen? Amen? All right. Some of that, of course, we know uh, the, the proper order of things you're going to give. You're going to um, pay yourself. You're going to give, save, and then you're going to spend. We understand that. All right? Just proper order. But looking at the entire mass of it, of what is left over to spend, some of that is seed, that is money to invest for tomorrow, money to give for tomorrow, and then some of that is also food to eat today, things you need to deal with today. When you get paid, when you earn, you're going to have to um, ask the Father, all right, how much of this is seed? What do I need to plant today for a future harvest? And how much of this do I use to eat today? Because you'll need to eat today. He gives seed and he gives bread. Seed and bread. All right, every time you get paid, how much of this is for investment for future? And how much of this is for me to eat today? Hallelujah. If you only earn and then eat, Chances are, you, if we say, I don't, I, don't have, I don't have any money in my opportunity fund, I don't have any money in, um, in a savings account, I, I don't have any type of investments, chances are you've been eating your seed along with your bread. Eating seed along with bread, eating seed along with bread. And what does that mean? Yeah, you're, you're pretty healthy today, but tomorrow down the road, we're not going to have anything because we didn't plant. Make sense? So you have to say, Lord, okay, what is seed and what is bread? What, what is investment? How much of this is investment? And how much of this am I using to eat today? Amen? Okay, again, as a general rule, remember, every time, every time you earn, every time you earn, you want to sow toward the kingdom of God. Sow toward the kingdom of God. Tithing and offering, let the Lord deal with you as, let the Lord deal with you as your giving relates to him. We'll talk about that further on. And uh, you also want to pay yourself second. Pay yourself second. Take care of God first. Sow toward heaven. Build the kingdom of God. And then pay yourself secondly. That is, you're investing in you. First of all, if you're putting back $5 or $10, $100, whatever it is, you're putting back. You have to do that. And once you put that back uh, and you make your, again, I'll go over this just very quickly. You get at least, depending on your income, at least $1,000 in your opportunity fund. Once you get at least $1,000 in your opportunity fund, then we're going to go after debt. Once we've paid off debt, then we can begin to secure uh, our savings. We'll talk about that. Okay, savings and investments. Make sense? All right. If not, you'll eat today, but tomorrow you're going to have difficulty. Amen? All right, so let's look at this. Last week we talked about uh, the rules of money concerning uh, giving and co-signing, and we started with lending, but didn't, we, I don't think we really got to it, so we're going to get back to that today. 
Now, there's one verse that talks about giving and loaning, giving and loaning, and it's mm, beautiful. Uh, Part of it is with the Sermon of the Mount, Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew 5, verse 42. So let's look at that, Matthew 5, verse 42. We're really learning the Bible, learning Scripture. Again, now, as you're hearing this word, as we're talking about this, we are expecting it to manifest in our lives. And you are already testifying, many of you already testifying about the financial blessings that are beginning to happen in your lives, of how you're getting things. I was, I was talking uh, to another brother. I won't say his name right now. <laughs> I was talking to him er- earlier, and uh, he was able to get his cell phone bill and his cable bill and all of that at a cheaper rate, saving almost $50 a month by a simple phone call. Isn't that awesome? The same services for $50 less. That's awesome. Same services. So as the Lord shows you and tells you call this or call that or do this or do that, you begin to save even saving that. Now the monies that you save, let me tell you, instead of putting it back in the pocket, let's put that toward debt. Amen? So let's talk about this. All right. So there's one verse again that talks about giving and saving, rather, um, giving and lending, and that's here in Matthew, Matthew 5, 42, and it says this, one verse. It says, the Lord Jesus speaking, give to those who ask, give to those who ask, and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now, for some, that is a very hard verse. It says again, give to those who ask, and don't turn away from and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. That's a very hard verse, especially if you are a lover of money. Online community can't get no talking here. All right. Let's talk about the first part. We're not going to spend a lot of time here because I want there are other places we're going to have to go today in the short time we have. So it says, give to those who ask. Now, Give to those who ask. Notice the verse says, give to those who ask, then it says, and to those that want to borrow from you, you know, don't turn away. So in the same verse, you have the words give and borrow. Perfect verse. Now, people may ask you for something, but you may not always be in the position to give them what they ask. Okay? If I ask you, I'm asking of you, Give me, give me a thousand dollars. You may not be in a position to do that. Give me a hundred thousand. Now the Lord says, give to those who ask. But again, you may not always be in a position to give them what they ask. Now, as a rule, every time you are asked, you are required to give, but you are not required to give what they ask. Does it make sense? Don't let them give you, I thought you were saved. If you were saved, maybe you wouldn't be asking me. Okay. He's really here talking about giving to the poor, giving charitably, giving to the poor, not just to the person on your left and right, family, so forth and so on. So when you're asked, give. But again, we may not always be in a position to give what they're asking for, and what you give may not be what they uh, are, are asking. All right, so let me give you an example of that. Let's go to uh, Acts, the third chapter, Acts 3, verses 1 through 8. I'm not going to read it all here. You can read it later. 
Most of you are familiar with this, uh, this account. This is when um, Peter and John, Peter and John go to the temple to pray. There's a man there at the gate, and he's begging. He is asking for alms. He's asking for money, right? Scripture says, Jesus says, Matthew 5:42, give to those who ask. He's asking for money, but were they in a position to give it? They said, what? Silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give unto thee. They, weren't, they were not in a position to give, them, give him exactly what he asked, but what he received was, a, was far better, right? They said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ. Rise up and walk, right? He asked for one thing. He asked for money, and he got healing. Okay, so the rule is, yes, give to those who ask of you. Give to them. But it may not always be money. It may be prayer. Maybe I'll be praying for you as I continue down the road. Maybe it be an encouraging word, right? It may not always be what they have asked you for, but we are obligated to give. Make sense? All right. And then the scripture says, um, don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now, let me give you another general rule here. As a general rule, um, you can only give what you have. You can only give what you have. Now I need some people that's going to help me demonstrate this point. I need two people, two people to help me demonstrate this point to come up right here they're going to help me demonstrate. All right, getting the Sindra and Tasha up. These are some brave women, I'm telling you, online community, because they have no idea what I'm about to ask them to do. Come on over here. Come on over here. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So I'm about to give you some money. Here is, here is, uh, hmm, here is $10,000 cold hard cash from my pocket here. It's invisible, but you can spend it any way you want to. All right. That's your money. That's your money. That's your $10,000 cash, okay? All right. So Tasha comes and says, let me borrow, um, let me borrow $5,000. <laughs> she says she don't have <laughs> So let's say she gives her $5,000. Tasha has just received $5,000 alone, right? Okay, right. Now, I need someone else to come up. Okay, I'll do it just right quick. Okay, I am the person that goes to Tasha now. Okay, and you've given that, so you're, you're good. Now you can go, Ooh, let's give her a hand. Woo! Come on over. All right. She has just borrowed $5,000 from Lucinda, right? All right, she's in debt, five grand. Payday has come, and now she has her $5,000 that she can use to pay back the loan, right? Woo, you earned $5,000. Not bad, girlfriend. <laughs> so she's earned it, she has it, but then here comes person B that comes along and says, hey, can I, can I borrow uh, $3,000? Can I borrow $3,000? So she gives it to person B. Now, she may have done that, but that money belonged to person A, Lysandra. So she's really not in a position to loan money that does not belong to her. 
as long as she's in debt, she really can't loan because Lysandra is looking for her money. The money that she has supposed to go to her. But if she's loaning to me, then I have her money. And what if I don't pay her back? Then she don't pay her back. And then their relationship is messed up now. All right, give her a hand. Thank you so much. Good job. Woo, good job. So really, truthfully, as long as you are in debt or as long as you have an outstanding balance, you can't loan anybody. You're not in the position to do it because you can only give what you have. And if you don't have it, you can't loan it to anybody. So he says again, uh, don't turn away from those who want to borrow. I'm not going to turn your way. I'm just going to tell you I don't have it right now to give it to you. I'm holding somebody else's money. But when I'm freed up from debt, when I paid off the loan, then I am free to loan to you. You understanding? Now, here's another tip on loaning as well. Only loan non-essential things. Non-essential things. All right. Let's say... Uh, your total expenses for the month in your home, let's say it's $3,000 total expenses per month, $3,000. That's, that's what your cash flow chart says, your budget, your, your cash flow chart, you know it's going to take $3,000 a month to run your household. All right, somebody comes up and says, hey, let me borrow $500, and all you have is $3,000, and you let them have $500, you know, you're putting yourself in danger, because you need that to meet your monthly obligations. All right. Now, let me say this as well. If the Spirit of God is leading you to give it to him, follow the Spirit. Because he knows best. And really, it's his money anyway. Hallelujah. You follow the Spirit. But in wisdom, you can't loan that. You can't loan that because that's essential money. Now, if you had $3,500 then, of course, you can make that loan. But only loan, again, things that are non-essential, and only loan out of your opportunity fund. Never out of your savings account. Only out of your opportunity fund. Your, opp your opportunity fund will be your overflow. You're loaning from your overflow. Why? Because you're, if, you, if or when you make a loan, you want to loan something that you don't need. Because if person A doesn't pay you back, then you're in bad shape. And then, here you go, you know person A owns you, and now they're ducking you. Because they didn't have it in the first place. And now you see them, and they're ducking you, and you now you got to try to collect your money. Where's my money, man? Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? Where's my money? And you're going all that stuff. But listen, so you're only going to give, only going to loan what you can afford to give away. Amen. Only loan what you can afford to give away because that money may not be paid back. If you're loaning essential things, things that you need, man, I need this. I need this. If you don't pay me back, I need this. That's simply going to, it's going to, it may damage your relationship if they don't 
if they don't give it back to you. Make sense? So as a general rule, again, only loan out of your opportunity fund, your overflow, your overflow. If you don't have overflow, you're not in a position to loan. All right. Hallelujah. I'm glad y'all getting this. This is so wonderful. Now, we're, as we're heading down, heading down toward the closing here, we're going to have to go, since we're talking about loaning, we're going to have to talk about Deuteronomy 15. This is so powerful. This is a shake your leg moment. This, this, is, in, this is incredibly powerful. Deuteronomy 15, verses 1, I think, verses 1 through 11. Uh, verse 1, 2, and 3 are so powerful as it talks about release, being released from debt. And we are in the Get Out of Debt series. So I'm gonna have, we're going to have to talk about the getting released from debt, how God will release you from debt supernaturally. Hallelujah. Amen. We'll get to that. But before we get to verse 1, uh, 2, and 3, let's talk about verses 4 through 11. We're just going to read them. I'll say a little bit because the main portion I want to give you is verse 1, 2, and 3. But verse 4 through 11 is going to talk about loaning again, about loaning to a neighbor, loaning uh, to someone that's in covenant. All right, so y'all stay with me. All right, so uh, the New Living Translation says this. Now listen to verse 4, because verse 4 further tells you that you are not supposed to be broke. Ever. Are you hearing me? Verse 4 says, There should be no poor among you, for the Lord your God will greatly bless you in the land he is giving you as a special possession. There should be no poor among us. Somebody say amen. amen. There should be no poor among us. Hallelujah. Look at verse 5. You will receive this blessing if, somebody say if, you receive this blessing if, this is conditional, you receive this blessing if you are careful to obey all the commands of the Lord your God that I am giving you today. The Lord your God will bless you as he has promised. You will lend money to many nations but will never need to borrow. Why, you never need, why would you never need to borrow? Because you're going to have it in abundance. Why would you need to borrow when you already have it? Listen, now all that's contingent if you obey the Lord. If you obey the Lord, if you live by his covenant, if you live by his grace, are you hearing? He said, you will, you will lend to many nations and never need to borrow you will rule many nations. That's economic power. You will rule many nations, but they will not rule over you. Amen. How would another nation rule over you? Remember, uh, the lender, rather the borrower, borrower is servant to the lender, is slave to the lender. Right? If we're always getting these loans, there's someone always going to be ruling over us. But what God is promising here, I'm going to give you an abundance. I'm going to give you more than enough. That's God's plan. That's the Father's plan for you. That's the Father's plan for you. I'm going to give you so much that you will never need to borrow. You'll never need to borrow. 
Are you hearing? Listen, listen to verse number seven. He says, but if, say if, but if there are any poor Israelites in your towns, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted or tight-fisted toward them. And why would they, then the Lord just say, I'm going to bless you with so much that you'll never have to lend, or rather you never have to borrow. You're going to have so much that never going to be any poor among you. I'm not, you're going to have, so why would there be poor? In the context, it means that somebody is not obeying the Lord. You got some disobedient folk who, who weren't doing or rebellious people who just flatly just don't want to do what God said. And they didn't inherit the blessing. Right? Then you can have also people that are poor, um, poor because of maybe some sort of disability back in Bible times. You know, some real legitimate reasons why. Okay, but the Lord said that there's always going to be poor in the land, but again, you don't, you're not supposed to be one of them. There's always going to be those that are unproductive, but you're not, to be, you're not to be one of those. Make sense? All right. This is one reason why God is making you a storehouse, so that you can provide for others. Make sense? All right. Uh, verse 7 again. But if there... But if there are any poor Israelites in your towns, when you arrive in the land your God, rather when you, when you arrive in the land the Lord your God is giving you, do not be hard-hearted and tight-fisted toward them. Um, verse number 8 says, instead be generous and what? Lend. Lend them whatever they need. Lend them whatever you need, whatever they need. Lend them. He said, don't be tight-fisted. Don't try to hold on to it because God's giving this to you so that you can help others. He said, I don't believe that's true. Let's look at the very next verse, verse 9. He says, do not be mean-spirited and refuse someone alone because the year for canceling debt is coming, or rather is, uh, is close at hand. If you refuse to make the loan and the needy person cries out to the Lord, you will be considered guilty of sin. That's bad. We're going to talk about the year of canceling debt, by the way. Verse 10, he says, Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. Did you hear that? Yes. Give to the poor, rather, give generously to the poor. Notice it says to the poor, to the poor, give to the poor, give to the poor. Those that are unproductive, those that are unproductive. Some of those poor were just flat out disobedient to the Lord. And some of those poor are really desperate because of no fault for their own. So the Lord says give. The same thing the Lord Jesus was telling us there in Matthew, Matthew 5, right? Matthew 5, 42, give, give, give. But in order for you to give, you're going to have to have it, first of all. And the Lord says here, in short, he's giving you wealth so that you can be generous. He's giving you wealth so that you can be generous. You're going to be a storehouse. Some of the richest places or the richest businesses in our country today 
You know what they're called? It's a four-letter word. B-A-N-K. The bank. The bank. Richest businesses in the country. Banks. Why? Because they hold everybody else's money. And they lend everybody else's money. The banks. Banks own so much. So in other words, you are God's bank. He's going to deposit his money into your accounts. God will do that so that you may be generous. And as you are generous, he's going to always make sure you have more than enough. Remember, in Deuteronomy 8, he says that he will give you the power to get the wealth that he may establish his covenant in the earth, his promises in the earth. He's promised uh, someone else. You're going to make good on God's promises. This is why he's giving you the wealth so that you can make good on his promises so that he can use you. In the process of God using you, you will always have. You'll always have an abundance. You'll always have more than enough. You're going to find it hard for the poor to give to the poor. So you're going to have to have it. Does that make sense, everybody? I don't want to lose you. So, again, um, verse number 11 there will always, let me back up verse 10. It says, Give generously to the poor, not grudgingly, for the Lord your God will bless you in everything you do. There will always be some in the land who are poor. Always be. That is why I am commanding you to share freely with the poor and with other Israelites in need, with other people in need. So in order for you to share with them, you're going to always have to have it. So when you make it, when you, when you grab that mentality, when you grab that, you say, well, what, what if I make loans to people and they don't pay me back? What about that? Well, what about that? Listen, when God tells you to make, make a loan, make a loan to them, even though they may not be credit worthy, this is actually an illustration of Christ because God trusted you as he loaned his son to you. And, you know, we owed a tremendous debt to God. Tremendous debt. And God co-signed for us. So this is a measure of grace that we're sharing. A measure of grace. Are you hearing? Yes. So again, let me let me put let me pull a nail in this before we before we close out. In general, you're only going to loan from your opportunity fund, that is from your overflow. From your overflow. And really, and that's when you have debts paid off because until then you're giving someone else's money away. So when you pay off other people, when you pay off your debts and you're free from debt, you don't owe Lysandra anymore. Then you're free to make loans. Now, again, the Holy Spirit can just wreck this whole thing and tell you to give this now. Follow what he says. Follow what he says. But make sure it is him that is saying it. And when you do give, give to the poor, give to those in need, give uh, generously and don't give grudgingly. Because God loves a, a cheerful giver, someone whose heart is in his giving. 
that word goes back and forth throughout the scripture. Amen? So there will be times, of course, as we giving in tithes and offerings regularly, sowing into the kingdom of God, and then there are times that you are sowing directly to the poor, giving directly to the poor, giving directly to those that are in need, directly that are in need, directly, as the Spirit of God leads you. You may not always give them what they ask because you may not have what they ask, but you can always give them something as in a word of prayer, as in an encouraging word, hug if necessary. Just be led of the Lord what you are releasing to them. Make sense? All right, so for the briefly, let's go back into Deuteronomy 15, 1 through 3. Are y'all still with me? All right, I'm going to go tell you this very quickly. This is a prayer point, a massive prayer point, a massive prayer point. Um, if you understand this, and I'll do my best to help you understand this in the next five minutes or so. All right, massive prayer points. Listen to verse, verses 1, 2, and 3, and it says this, Deuteronomy 15, 1, 2, and 3. It says, at the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. Now, let me stop. At the end of every seven years, thou shalt make a release. After seven years. This seventh year is called a sabbatical year, a sabbatical year. This is also called a Shemitah. Can you say Shemitah? Ooh, I love when you talk that Hebrew. This is called a Shemitah. And if you look the word release up there, look the word release up, you'll find that that is the, that is the Shemitah. Shemitah is letting drop of exaction. What is exaction? Demand, when someone demands payment of you. Give me my money. So in a Shemitah year, you drop the, you drop the debt. You, know, owe me, you, you, you no longer owe me the debt, and I will not come after you for my money. Basically, that's what that says. All right? It is done away with, I will not harass you to pay me back that $2 you owe me. Got it? All right. It also means a lot of other things. Look at verse number two. It says, and this is the manner of the release. Every creditor that lendeth ought unto his brother shall release it, shall shmita it. He shall not exact it of his brother. That is, he shall not demand payment of his brother, or rather of his neighbor or of his brother, because it is the Lord's release. The Lord is saying, let it go. The Lord is saying, do not exact it or do not demand payment of this. It's done. The Lord is doing this. Now, that's what Jesus did for us from our um, sin debt toward God, from what we owe the Lord. He canceled our sin debt. He canceled it at the cross. Jesus is our Shemitah. Hallelujah. Now, let's go a little bit further. Look at verse number three. It says, of a foreigner, someone that is not under the covenant of God, of a foreigner thou mayest exact it again, that you may demand it again, someone that is not under the covering, but that which is thine with thy brother, um, thine hand shall release. You shall release it. All of this points to Christ. Now, let me give you this very quickly. Pad down. You're almost ready to go home. Let me give you this. After, in biblical time, now all this pointed to Christ, pointed to what Jesus would do for us. 
all right? After the seventh year, the debt had to be canceled. Debt had to be canceled, had to be released. No matter who you owed, it had to be released. After seven years, Jesus did that for us, all right? Seven means the perfect, the mature. Jesus is the perfect, mature Lamb of God who has come to take away our sins. All this points right back to Christ. Now, at the end of seven seven-year periods or seven cycles of seven, then you would have what's called a jubilee. Every, remember, every seven years, count them count seven years, at the end of that seventh year, that's a sabbatical year, a Sabbath year, sabbatical year, just like the days of a week. The last day of the week is called the Sabbath day, the seventh-day Sabbath day. At the end of every seven years is the sabbatical year, the Sabbath year. Now, you count seven of those cycles, seven of seven years, you come to the year of Jubilee. The year of Jubilee is a, um, is a national day of release where all debts are paid off. If you have someone else's land, they may have defaulted on a loan or something, that land goes back to that person. Uh, so your ancestral property goes back to you. And the biggest thing is, if you have any slaves, your slaves all go free. So what they're meant to do on the Day of Atonement, and by the way, the Day of Atonement is coming up um, next month, October the 8th, I believe. On the Day of Atonement, the priest would blow the shofar, and the shofar would sound that this is the Lord's release. They would sound the shofar throughout the land. This is the Lord's release. Every slave is to be freed. Every debt is to be canceled, and you cannot exact that debt. No one can force you to pay it. It's done away with. It's been canceled. It is the Lord's release. Now, this is what Jesus is to us, and this is what Jesus has done for us. So as we're coming up upon the Day of Atonement, Jesus Christ, of course, being our, our uh, atonement lamb, the great sacrifice who has come to take our sins off and redeem us and make us righteous before God. As we come before that day of atonement, it's a great idea for us to celebrate that day with the blowing of the trumpet, the blowing of the shofar, giving witness that, Lord, we believe that you are our Shemitah, you are the one that cancels our debt, and you are our jubilee. You're the one who sets us free, financially free, and again, if they had slaves, the slaves were free, meaning that they were that all bondages were broken off of their lives. So if you're in slavery to debt, slavery to drugs, slavery to uh, any type of addictions, whatever is binding your life, Jesus has become your jubilee. Yeah, yeah. So what am I saying? So I'm even saying to you that while you're in prayer, you can declare, Jesus, you are my Shemitah. Jesus, you are my jubilee. You're the one who makes me free. You're the one who sets me free. You're the one that cancels all of my debt. I don't have to wait because Christ has come. I don't have to wait to the seventh year. I don't have to wait to the 49th or 50th year jubilee. I don't have to wait because Jesus is that for me. But there is power in agreement. There is power in agreement. 
the blood of Jesus has already been shed. The body of Christ has already been broken. You say, okay, that's, been, that's done. But there's power in a symbol. There's power in agreement. That's why we have communion. Because there's power in agreement. There's power in a witness. So if you can get the witness, and if it is appropriate, then always observe it. Hallelujah. So again, as we close out, in your prayer time, as we're talking about getting out of debt, Begin to declare to the Lord, Lord, you are my Shemitah. You are my day of release. You have, you have given me a day of release. Lord, you are my jubilee. I, have, I am set free. And I declare that right now financially. I declare that over all of my life. You are my Shemitah. You are my day of release. You are my jubilee. And I declare my debts are paid in full. I declare that I have been set free, healed, and delivered. Hallelujah. And when that day of agreement comes, when the day of agreement comes, celebrate and thank the Lord. Celebrate and thank the Lord. Blow the shofar. And we will be here, or should I say, I will be here. And if you want to join me, you can. On that day of atonement is actually on a Tuesday. I'll be here about 7 o'clock, 6.30 or 7 o'clock. And I'll be blowing the shofar and honoring the Lord for his release. Hallelujah. Honoring the Lord. And that's also the beginning, that marks the beginning of the next year uh, on the Jewish calendar. So actually, the blowing of the shofar, the day of atonement, declaring the Lord's release, goes starts start you off on a completely new year. Are you hearing? Now, the calendar that we go by is the Gregorian calendar. That our year starts in January. But if you go back into Bible times, the year started there in October. So at right there at uh, Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah. That's the Jewish New Year. Also the Day of Atonement. So when we declare that to the Lord, wherever you are, I pray that you'll make note of that day. Wherever you are, lift up your voice before the Lord and thank him for being your atonement. Thank him for being your jubilee. Thank him for being your Shemitah, for releasing you of all the debts, for releasing you from captivity, worry, and stress. Thank him for that. Now, Jesus is already that for you today. He's that for you right now today. But again, there's power in a witness. There's power in agreement. There's power in a witness. There's power in agreement. If you can get the witness, go ahead and get that witness. And that witness comes up um, this year in October. So... I pray you receive the word of God today, and I pray you're wonderfully blessed. Let's give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We love you, Lord, so much. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. Come on and thank him. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Let me drop one more thing. Let me drop one more thing on you about agreement, about tithing, about tithing. There's power in a tithe. Why? Because that's agreement. Agreement of what? And we'll talk a little bit more about this further on in the series, I think. Agreement of what? When you tithe, you're agreeing with God, with God's tithe. But what is God's tithe? Jesus is God's tithe. Jesus is the first fruits. The scripture says emphatically, first fruits. He's the first begotten of the dead. God gave 
the tenth. He gave the tithe, the first fruits. And when you give in agreement, your tenth in agreement with what God has done, there's power in agreement. When you give in, um, with having that knowledge and you're praying in that, Father, thank you for doing that, you'll also understand that the poured out blessing is the Spirit of God. It's the kingdom of God that the Father has poured out into your life that you'll not have room enough to receive. You'll also understand that the devourer has been rebuked because of Christ. Not because you gave a 10% of your earnings. Your 10% of your earnings is agreement to what the Father has done. Are you hearing me? So I can always declare the devourer is rebuked. I can always declare I receive the poured out blessing from heaven. Not because of what I've done, but because of what the Father has done. And when I give in tithe and offering, I'm giving in agreement with what he's done. And blessings continue to roll. Because I'm in agreement. If you're giving and hoping a blessing is dependent upon you, well, Lord, you ought to give to me because I gave it. And you're already wrong. You're making it you. But if I say I give it in respect to you because I receive, I can receive because of what Jesus has done, completely different. Are you understanding? There's power in agreement. There's power and agreement. We're going to talk more about that in this series, Lord willing. So just, Father, thank you uh, for this day. Thank you for giving unto us. Thank you for releasing your blessings upon your people. And Lord, I do declare them blessed, blessed beyond measure. I do declare your people right here, Father, in the midst of this, under this anointing, I declare them money magnets and that money is drawn to them. And that they will give generously into the kingdom of God and reap a 100-fold return every time. Lord, I declare right now that their bills are paid off and paid in full. Their debts are paid off and paid in full. Father, I declare excellent credit on every area of their lives. Lord, I declare that they are your bank, that they are your wealthy place, and that you will fill your wealthy place up with more and more. Father, I pray that you would show them the small foxes that spoil the vine. Show them those little things that are eating away from their finances. Show them, Lord God, show them that they may cut those things off and cut those things away. Father, I pray in Jesus' name, Lord, that they'll have thousands upon thousands upon thousands of dollars in their opportunity funds, Father. Lord God, so that when you call upon them, they will be able to release it in Jesus' mighty name. Father, I pray right now that they will have an investment, solid investments, and that money will work for them instead of them working for money. Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that they will have an abundance abundance, abundance, abundance that they will always be able to help in every time of need and Father I pray in Jesus name that as you put it upon their heart to sow in the land just like Isaac, Lord they'll have it to sow into the land and they will reap a 100 fold return Father I pray in Jesus name I pray for opportunities that you'll send their way opportunities for wealth commissions and rebates and refunds and Lord if anyone owes them money, Father I pray that it is returned to them speedily. It is returned to them speedily in the name of Jesus. Increase them, Father. Increase
increase them. Increase your people, Father. I pray in the name of Jesus for divine increase to come upon your people, Father, for your will. Let your kingdom come. Let your will be done in their lives. We declare it be done even now in Jesus' name. Amen, amen, and amen. Give the Lord a mighty hand of praise. Hallelujah. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. In there, you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.